Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Morning, Hope Elam. I don't know about you, but I needed to hear that it is well with my soul. We live in a world that is letting us know more than ever that it does not know God. And so to know that it is well with my soul lets me know that even though the world may pass away, the word of the Lord endures forever, amen? Amen. And I know that when this journey comes to an end, it is well with my soul because I will live for all eternity, hallelujah, with my Lord and Savior. It is well, it is well with my soul, amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that in my fragility, that in my weaknesses, that in my shortcomings, Father God, that you are made strong. That, Heavenly Father, you still will continue to do the good work in me and you will see it unto completion. Let your word go forth and let it have its way. The word promises that it will not come back void. So the prayer, Holy Spirit, hit your target. Do the work that it needs to do. Let them come with a spirit of expectation that you are who you say you are and that you can do what you say you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm just going to repeat the scripture for just a moment before we move on because it's been just a moment. (laughs) The Apostle Paul says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Did he say pray about everything? Yes, he did. Tell God what you need, not your mother, not your father, not your husband, not your friend, not your children. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then, that means because of, then you will experience God's peace a peace that the world knows nothing about, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus, not in the world, as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. (laughs) 
So we are in our series, God's Electric Power Company. I just like what that says, God's Electric Power Company. I don't know about you, but in this world, I need power. And my power, what I have to offer, isn't going to cut it. Amen? I need God's power working in my life. So today, we're going to talk about God's peace and his joy in a world adrift. You know, I don't know if you know it, but in our text, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to Philippi while he was in prison. He wasn't sitting on his couch. He wasn't watching TV. He was sitting in prison writing this letter. And because of his relationship with Jesus and his love for him, Paul's journey led him on a road uh, that had persecution, hardship, struggle, and everything else in between waiting for him. Isn't that sometimes tough to uh, reconcile in our mind that when we love God, many times we think that God is just going to pave the road and everything is going to be all right. But it's because of our relationship with God. It's because of the faith that we have in who he is and the plan and the purpose that God has given us that God allows us to go through struggle, hardship, and everything else in between. But here's the good news. God does not leave us alone on this journey. And he definitely does not leave you alone either. Because can I tell you this? The word of God is there for us to read so that we can see what it is that we can expect from God. So if the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, who was used so greatly by God for the benefit of the people then and for us now, if he was going to face all of that, why would we think that God would exempt us? Let's take a look at this scripture. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, not yourself, as you trust in him so that you may overflow. He's going to fill you so that we can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I love about God, sis? What I love is, is that he is kind and he is understanding in our weaknesses. And he understands that we need him. So what did he do? When Jesus Christ ascended into heaven and he sits at uh, God's right hand, he said, listen, I'm not going to leave you alone. You need a comforter. So what does he do? He sends us the power of the Holy Spirit because he knew that we would face adversity. And God does not want us to give in to the adversity. He wants us to overcome it. You know, adversity shows up in times of trouble. It can have a face that looks like opposition. It can arrive when we're feeling pressure in our lives. Did anybody feel pressure in your life last week? All different situations and circumstances. It'll show up in the form of illness. And it definitely shows up, especially when our faith is being tested and our flesh wants to have its way when God is calling us higher. Oh, come on now. Somebody is going to understand what I'm saying there. 
What am I saying? Adversity kicks the door open for the Holy Spirit to produce Christ-likeness in us. When we don't go through things, we think we got it all together. I got this. I got this. But here's the thing, when we don't go through adversity, when we don't go through situations that are tough, guess what? We're not going to produce Christ-likeness in us because we're going to depend on our flesh. Well, the flesh is not going to produce what only the Spirit of God can produce. So he uses that adversity so that the Holy Spirit, who was given to us and sealed in us, he brings all of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and he puts it inside of us. And guess what? Adversity lets us know what kind of fruit we got. Joyce Meyer says, we never know what type of fruit we got till it's what? Squeezed. I don't know about you, but I don't like being squeezed. Sis, I don't like it. What is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Y'all roll it with me if you know. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Aw, man. Can't we just kick that one out? Can we just kick that to the curb? Because I don't know about you, but when I buy my package of Oreos, I don't want to exercise self-control. I want to be eat the whole roll all in one sitting. And can I tell you guys, I know when there's some missing and there's only one person in the house. <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> Listen, Paul is inviting us through this passage to learn how to live a life empowered by the Holy Spirit, producing the fruit that is especially marked by his peace, paired with very simple instructions. It is a formula that we can put into practice to produce the promise. And I don't know about you, but I want that promise. I want the peace of God to guard my heart and my mind while we are living in a world that is busy choking out the joy that God has promised us. The Bible says he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Don't you guys get sick and tired of that? Of the joy being robbed from your life, always being thinking about everything that's going on in the world and all the decisions that we need to make. I don't know about you, but I need strength for this journey. And the word of God says the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So today I want to talk to you about three things that will help us to understand how God gives us joy for the journey and peace that passes all understanding in the midst of a world filled with chaos, conflict, and definitely confusion. And that is the process, the power, and the promise. And let me just say this. All we have to do lately anymore is turn on the news to see just how much chaos, conflict, and confusion this world is in. It is definitely letting us know that as the time draws near, as Jesus Christ draws near to return for his people, it, the world has gone to heck and a hand basket. So let's talk about this process. Let's take a look. The process is living by faith and overcoming fear. Doubt and worry requires a transformed mind. Here's the thing. When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, 
God comes in and what he does is he, he comes in and he transforms our spirit, right? He takes the sin and he connects us back to the righteousness of God. But your mind needs to be transformed. It, it doesn't just transform by itself, right? When we go in, if, you, if you're going to uh, 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 go to a computer, right, and program it, don't you need to program the computer? You don't just sit down and the, pro the computer says, hey, I got it. I'm already programmed. We, we good. No, we've got to go and we've got to, to, to transform our mind. We've got to learn to stop worrying and begin to actively pray about everything. And you know what? That just doesn't happen, does it? It is something that we have to actually step into. It's a process that we have to learn to transfer ourselves from faith, uh, from fear into faith. So how do we do that? How do we replace operating out of a worldly mindset that causes us to think independently of God and his word? Well, let's take a look at this scripture. It's a familiar one. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, there's the adversity that God has promised us, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. And I don't know about you, but I want to know God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for my life. And here's the thing. Here's what we need to understand. If you and I don't choose to renew our mind, to continually be uh, 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 transformed by the word of God, your mind will stay the same. So, so then you, you, you know, you, you're walking with God and you want God to move and you want God to change things in your life and you want things to be differently, but you refuse to transform your mind. God is saying, if you want to walk with me, you've got to have my mind. If you want to walk with me, you've got to be able to have my heart. The Bible says that what God's goal is, is to transform us to have the mind and heart of Jesus Christ. That is how we draw people to God. Can, can I just tell you, when you're out and you're about and you're dealing with folks, if you talk to them any old way and you talk to them like you a fool, you, you bring to them the world, why would they want to be drawn to Christ? Amen? And, and I've been there. And what God is saying is, he's saying, listen, I want you to do whatever you can to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that everywhere you go, every step that you take, you are drawing people towards me. And how do we do that? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, exhibiting to them the love of Jesus Christ. Our thoughts, what we believe, it determines our actions. Our actions have consequences. One of my favorite scriptures is this. And this is what God led me to when he really wanted to transform my heart. When I prayed to him one night and I said, what, what is going on? I want to be the blessing that you have called, created, and commissioned me to be. But I feel like a curse. I don't know about anybody in here, but I, I, I was tired of feeling like I was not making a difference in this world, a positive, impactful difference. And why? Because in the world, what do we do? We take. But God says, I give. I gave to you, my son. I wanted to be a giver. And you know what he did? He said, Bonnie, he said, imagine your heart is like a garden. 
And he said, and in that garden, he said, are rocks and holes and divots and weeds. And he said, but if you want to be, uh, have a heart that is going to give like God and be that blessing, he said, you've got to be transformed. He said, you've got to take the word of God and those seeds and you've got to plant it in the garden of your heart. And you've got to continue to water it with the word of God. And you want to know why? Because pretty soon I started to believe what the word of God was telling me about who God is and who I am. And when I started to believe who God was and who I am, what you think happened? I began to walk differently. I began to talk differently. I began to love myself. And the Bible says that if we love God and we love ourselves, guess what, sis? I can now come and love you. Because you can't give something to somebody else that you do not have for yourself. If you don't transform your mind, and when you came to Christ and you didn't like yourself, you're, you're still not going to like yourself. And if you don't like yourself, then you're not going to like your brother. If you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, and you don't see yourself the way that God sees you as a blessing, then guess what? You're not going to be able to see your brother or sister as the blessing that God created them to be. Amen? Listen, let's take a look. One of the most important and necessary steps in the process of transforming our mind is by the hearing, the reading, and meditating on God's living word. That's why we're in the Holy Bible in a year. That's why our church is wanting to, to talk to you about that and why. Because when we read it, when we read the living word, it produces this strong, confident faith in who God is and his power to work on our behalf. Amen? How can I know that God can work in my life if I don't know him? Amen. All right. You know, his truth takes root in our heart. And when his word takes root in our heart, here's what we can do. The enemy of our soul is always telling us lies. The word of God is always telling us the truth. We want to be able to combat the lie with the truth. Anybody here like being lied to? Nobody? Then we got to stop the enemy from lying to us. And we have the power to be able to do that. And I know about you, but this is what I do. When I want to do this with the word of God. I want to imagine him and I want to take the word and smack him upside his head. Smack him upside his ugly head. I want to be able to tell him, no, no, no. You say this, but the word of God tells me I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That the thoughts that God has towards me are greater than the sand on the beach. So don't come in here. Don't, don't, come, don't come into my mind and tell me that I, that I am not worth what God says that I am worth. Because this is what the word of God says. We have got to learn how to replace the lie with God's truth. One more time. Anybody here like to be lied to? Then I guess y'all will be reading the word. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> When we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, you know, who God is and who we are in him, that's when we can have a mindset that begins to understand that you've got to understand that here, everything on earth, all the experiences are temporary. 
The reason why Paul was able to rejoice, and again I say rejoice, is because it didn't matter that he was in prison. He understood and knew that no matter what God allowed him to go through, no matter what this earth put him through, that when he was going to leave, nothing, nothing could separate him from the love of Jesus Christ. He is the only thing worth living for. Because can I tell you this? And I know you've heard it a lot, but I love it. When you die, nothing is going to be in your coffin. Nothing is going to be attached in a U-Haul. You cannot take your possessions, earthly relationships, a job, status. I don't care what it is that you are living for. You cannot take it with you. The only thing that we get to leave here with is our relationship with the eternal God that created us for eternity, that loves us, the one who says, for I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. Where are you going to spend eternity. Is anything here in this life worth losing your soul? What does it profit? What does it profit a man to lose, uh, to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? And can I tell you this? Not one day is guaranteed to us. Do you want to know why? Because you didn't create it. I didn't create it. We are sitting here right now with breath in our bodies because of the grace of God. You know, having faith in God is about telling him that, hey, I don't know how you're going to take care of my situation. I don't know how you're going to take care of my need. I don't know how you're going to work it out, but God, you're going to work it out for my good. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's why the enemy is always attacking you with his lies, because he's attacking your faith. Can I tell you that when he was kicked out of heaven, can, can I just tell you that, that the enemy who hates God hates you? That you need to understand that when you're walking through your life, that there is spiritual warfare going on all around you over your soul, over your faith. He does not want you to know who God is or what God can do for you because he knows that faith moves mountains. You know, the opposite of faith is fear. And fear leads us to worry and, and, and to doubt. And can I tell you, we've all been there. H have we all been there? Can I be completely transparent and tell you I was there yesterday? Is that, is that all right? We love God, and God is renewing our mind. But like Pastor said, we are a work in progress. Amen? And can I tell you that it's okay? All you need to do is say to God, I am sorry for worrying. I'm sorry for doubting. And I'm going to replace that with what the word of God tells me. That's why we want to tuck it down in our hearts. Amen? You know, so, so if we all worry, I wonder what worry sounds like. I wonder if we had an example of, of what worry sounds like, that it would kind of give us a snapshot of why we want to move away from worry and move into faith. School. Starting up again, and where did the summer go? 
I should have made more of an effort to spend time with the kids and the grandkids. It's just hard with their busy lives. I love spending time with them, but I don't want to be a bother. I guess with a wedding coming up in October, that will just have to be good enough. There's so much I wanted to get done and I didn't. You know, healthy routine, food, diet, working out, funny. I'd be happy if I had the motivation to go on a walk. Here I go again, beating myself up again. Why do I neglect my health when I know I would feel so much better if I could just do the right thing? The right thing, what was I thinking? I think I overextended my finances again. Why do I just jump in and start on home improvement projects when I know my time and resources are running low, but summer's when I have time to tackle the work on my own? Looks like I'm gonna have to take on that extra job after school. Start paying back. Those, those, those grad loans, student loans next month, and of course, the wedding expenses in October. Volunteering again. What was I thinking? I want to make a difference, but isn't teaching enough? Yesterday, I spent the entire day sitting in a training meeting for mentoring. All this after two solid days at school, sitting in meetings. I just feel so behind going into the first week of school. I thought it was only gonna be the morning and it took the whole day. When am I going to get everything ready? Why didn't I work on more school stuff over break? <sighs> Dating. <laughs> Who has time for energy for that? I was married and raised a family, a whole lifetime for many. It was long enough, wasn't it? Sometimes I feel so alone. Why am I even thinking about this again? Why do I feel I'm not strong enough to do this life on my own? When will I feel like it's enough? When will I be enough? Sound familiar? And when those thoughts, when all that worry comes in, the one thing that I want you to notice is that, who was she focused on? Self. When we worry, it literally takes God out of the equation. It does not give him the opportunity to work on our behalf. And you know what, though? We can replace worry. The Apostle Paul says, don't worry. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Faith will overcome worry. I wonder what faith sounds like, how different it will sound. Father, I will feel no evil, for you are with me. For you gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Father, you know my weaknesses and the plan you have for my life. Enable me to follow the plan you have for me. For you are the light upon my path, and I will walk by faith, not by sight. I am strong enough because I trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I lean not on my own understanding. I submit to him and he will make my path straight. Calm these overwhelming thoughts running rampant through my mind. Instead, place whatever's true in its place and calm my fears. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, 
Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you always. You have given me this body and sound mind. Enable me to be my best and to do my best moving forward. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. When I am alone and overwhelmed, calm my thoughts and fears. Empower me to put my trust in you, God. I am not alone, for you have created me. O oh Lord, you will not forsake me. You have redeemed me and called me by name. I am yours, and you are mine. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. I am strong. I am loved. I am enough, because I trust in the Lord my God, for I am a child of the one true king. Woo! Thank you, Shanice. Were you guys able to feel the difference from when she moved from operating in fear and worry and doubt to moving and transferring it to talk about faith in the Word of God? And where did that put the focus? Oh, come on, we can do that again. Where, where, did, where did that put the focus? With God, amen, because God is the one that is able to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. One of my favorite scriptures that I based my life and what God was calling me to was Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's take a look. For I know the plans that I have for you, Bonnie. Says the Lord God, not to hurt or harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. You know, there's sometimes that we don't feel that when God allows us to go through, do we? And God is saying, listen, You've got to trust me. You've got to know that when you uh, move from worry to, to faith, you've got to know that no matter what is happening, I promise you that the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, is not to hurt or harm you. That's why God gives us the, the, the promise that says all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Look at John 16, because here's his promise. As believers, our future and our hope are anchored in only in our eternal relationship with God because Jesus promises that in this life we will have trouble. But take heart, be encouraged, I have overcome the world. We are going to go through troubles. And here's sometimes where I think the struggle is that Paul helps us in his example. Just because we love God and we walk with him and we surrender and we serve and we pray and we do all of those things and we trust, it does not equate with the belief that God will not allow us to suffer. It is in our suffering that God works his best work. And I am telling you right now that no matter what you are going through, don't give up. Do not give up. The enemy wants you to give up while you're in the middle of your situation because he knows that God is working it out. Not only for you, but for him. Do not give up. God wants you to cry out to him. He wants you to be honest. And can I tell you this? One of the things that really changed my life when I really learned how much he loves me is I, I didn't grow up with a dad. 
And so having an absent, absent father, when I really began to, to know God, it was really hard for me to understand that he was my Abba father. Because when you don't have a father in your life, you don't know what that feels like to be able to run to your daddy. I don't know who it is in the house today who needs to hear that, but I will say this. This is why we want to pray and not worry. Because I remember one night I was on my knees and I was praying and I was very afraid because of the situation that I was in. And I had never cried out to God that way ever before. And in that moment, when I cried out to him, he was able to speak Psalm 139 to me. That's why you want to read the word. That's why you want to meditate. That's why you want to believe it, because then he's able to bring it back to your remembrance and tell you the truth that overcomes the lie. And you know what he said? This might be for somebody today. Because the root of rejection will take hold of your life. And God does not want you to feel rejected. He wants you to feel accepted in the beloved. And he said, Bonnie, he said, you're a daughter of God. And he said, you have never been fatherless. Let that sink in. You have never been fatherless. Psalm 139, 13 through 18. Do you know what it says? It says, before you were born, God created you, and he knit you, and he placed you in your mother's womb. God is my father. I have never been fatherless. You have never been fatherless. And when you know that, you can cry out. Cry out to him and let him know what is on your heart. Don't hold anything back. He already knows because he created you and he loves you. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I will just say this, that, uh, that healed a hole in my heart, and, and I'm just going to, this wasn't planned, but I'm, I'm going to share it. God was so good that years and years later, um, my brother called and he said, uh, Dad is dying. And I had only seen him once in my life at five. Sorry. And when I went out and flew out to Georgia to see him, he was in a coma, and the doctor said to me, uh, he is not going to wake up. Um, and I said, I'm so sorry, but you are not the creator, and if God wants him to wake up, he will wake up. Um, but I prayed, and I said, God, I said, my prayer is, I said, just let me talk to my earthly daddy one time. Flew home. Weeks later, I see the phone ringing, and back then it was caller ID. Y'all remember caller ID? <laughs> Am I telling you all my age? Sorry. And I see a call from Georgia, and I said one of two things. I said, God heard my prayer, or it's his wife letting me know. And I picked up the phone, and he said, well, hi, Bonnie, this is your dad. He said, I understand that you came to see me. And I was able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. On the one phone call that God let me have, he heard my cry. He heard my prayer. So in this text, God gives us power. Let's take a look at the power that he gives us. Paul reveals to us that the power is found in the antidote to worry. You know what the antidote to worry is? 
prayer and thanksgiving. Amen? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything and then tell God what you need and thank him for everything. Let me ask you this. If one of you guys ended up getting sick and you went to the doctor and the doctor said, I can write you a prescription and that prescription is going to make you better. It's going to heal you. Is there anybody in the house today that would not take that prescription and run to the pharmacy? Because I'm telling you, I would. If any of you guys have ever been sick or you don't feel well, the one thing you appreciate is the doctor with the prescription. Amen? <laughs> well, what God is saying is this. We don't need to be sick with worry. God is the one that writes the prescription. The prayer is the prescription written by God so that our hearts don't have to worry. And worry and anxiety is trying uh, us to handle our situations by ourselves, but prayer is allowing God to handle it for us. Why is prayer so effective to the antidote to worry? Let's take a look. Worry is rooted in self while prayer is rooted in God. We saw that when Shanice came forward. Amen? What can we do for ourselves? We've got to turn to God. If we can't even wake ourselves up in the morning, I think that we need to know who is the one that has the power. Amen? Worry only allows us to see the problem we're facing while prayer transforms our mindset to see that God is greater than any situation or circumstance. How many stories in the word of God have we read over and over and over again? Gideon, David, and Goliath, all of the stories that lets us know that there is no situation, no circumstance that God is not greater and that we can go to him and that he will handle our situation. Amen? The next one. Worry never raises your eyes above your problems. Prayer raises your eyes above and beyond yourself to see God and his power at work. What that's talking about is a God perspective. We want to make sure that when we are praying that God gives us the perspective that he has, not what the world gives us. Amen? Next one. When you are anxious and full of worry, your circumstances and problems control you. Oh, boy. You guys ever had a situation or circumstance where it feels like it has absolutely consumed you? It has absolutely consumed your mind that no matter what is going on, you got family over, you got things going on, and you can't enjoy it because your situation and the worry that you have is absolutely consuming your life? That is not God, what God has for you. God says, listen, why don't you pray? Why don't you put the circumstance in proper perspective? Why don't you give it to me? And then you let me act on your behalf. And when God is acting on my behalf, when we literally hand it over to God, you know what we're able to do? We're able to go on and enjoy life. We're able to tell the enemy, listen, there's not anything. I, first of all, I'm not controlling it in the first place. So why don't I go ahead and give it to my Abba Father, my Daddy, who loves me, who says that there is nothing that he cannot do, that all things work together for the good, that he says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I'm going to come over here and I'm going to enjoy my family. You want to know why? Because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Why would we want to live our lives worrying when God says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly? Why don't we take the joy back that the enemy thinks he can steal from us and enjoy our life? You know what? Uh, prayer is simply talking to God. It develops the relationship with God and it demonstrates our trust and dependence on him. And we pray to him. Again, he wants us to be honest and transparent. I don't care if you're angry. I don't care if you're sad. I don't care if you're mad. I don't care if you're glad. I don't care what it is. 
the word of God lets us know God's got it. Do not hold back. Give it all to God. And you know what I love? Paul ends up talking to us about what fuels uh, our future requests. Let's take a look. So what fuels our future requests? When we're thankful. He says, tell God what you need and be thankful. It's when we realize that everything is because of his grace. For it is by grace that we are saved. Lest any man should boast. Everything that we have, everything, the portion of health, all that we are is only by the grace of God. Amen? Next one. It's difficult to doubt God and his promises to answer us when we're thanking him for our blessings. When your mouth is full of thanksgiving, it's a little difficult to doubt. Because while you're sitting there and you're telling God, you know what's happening? Anybody here a parent? Have you ever had a child come to you and say, Mom, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you, how much I thank you. You're amazing. You're awesome. When you did this for me, it was just absolutely fantastic. There aren't words that I could tell you how much I appreciate you. What, what is it that you do as a parent? Do you want me to buy you a car? What do you want? What do you want? Isn't that what we do? What happens when a child comes to us or somebody that we love and they're complaining? You know what? I, you know, I just want to let you know that I didn't, I didn't appreciate and, you know, I asked for, for you to do this and, then, and, and you, you didn't do that. And I thought that I could count on you. But, you know, when I came, it's like, you know, where, where are you at? What are you doing? I don't know about you, but what do you want to do in that situation? Peace. Right? Do we really want to stay in that situation? Do we feel appreciated and valued? Do you have a heart's desire to want to give? to that person who's complaining? It's not that God cannot give. It's just the point saying, listen, God is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of our thanksgiving. And the apostle Paul is saying, know him so well that even when you're in a situation that is tough, know that you can thank him. <laughs> thank him in advance. Hmm. Next. If your mind is filled with memories of what God has graciously done in the past, it empowers and expands your request for what you need today, now, and tomorrow. Amen? If any of you have walked with God and you've experienced him, you know that God is a great, big God. And what happens is, is that the Bible says that, that, that it's faith that moves mountains. So as we grow in our relationship with God, guess what? He builds our ability to be able to ask for greater and greater things. And he, here's what I always question. God says, hey, you have not because you ask not. The Bible says that if you ask for anything according to his will, it is yea and amen. Amen? I love the story where uh, Benjamin and I bought a house. And uh, there was money that was needed to get some things done. And I was sitting in the couch, and I just really didn't know where it was going to come from. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, the word of God, you have not because you ask not. Yes, that's in the word. You have not because you ask not. And all of a sudden, what brought to my remembrance was the fact that I moved out of an apartment building. And for whatever reason, as weird as it was, the, the, the uh, supervisor, the, thank you, the, <laughs> the landlord would not cash the checks. I'm, I am telling you the truth. He would not cash the checks, and I said, I know that you are not asking me to ask him for that money. And he just kept saying, you have not because you ask not. 
So because I was in prayer, because I believed the word of God, because I wasn't worrying, because I wanted God to be able to do great things, I wrote an email to that landlord, thank you, to that landlord and said, listen, you're, you, this is going to be crazy, but I want to let you know that I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. And this is what he is telling me to ask for. And can I tell you, I got every dime. God will do things that does not make sense. God will do things. The word of God says that he will take the riches of the world and he will bless his children with it. So I'm telling you, I don't know who it is in here. I don't know what it is that you've been asking of God, but do not give up. Continue by faith. It says, keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. And as long as that is in the will of God, the Bible says it is yea and amen. Do not give up on God. And the last one, he ends with our promise. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds that live in Christ Jesus. That is verse 7. And here's what I'm going to say to you. Did you know that the phrase, the peace of God, only occurs here once in the entire New Testament? Once. The peace of God. He's not talking about peace with God, because I'm going to tell you right now, if you aren't at peace with God, you cannot experience the peace of God. How do we experience the peace with God? You must be born again. The word of God says that sin separates you from the presence of the almighty God. That we need to be connected to him. So if you have not dealt with the sin, if you have not removed it through faith, through the blood of Jesus Christ, this promise is only for those who have put their faith in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm going to go ahead and skip, and I'm just going to share this with you. God is not guarding our possessions. He's not guarding our bank accounts. He's not guarding our reputation. He's not guarding our jobs. Why? Because this is all temporary. God is not about our comfort. God is about our eternity. And God will allow us to go through adversity to get our attention. Because this is about eternity. He wants us to spend eternity with him, eternal life and as we go through all of our situations, God wants us to have the peace uh, of God that passes all understanding because I don't know about you, but life is hard. And we struggle. And I'm going to close with this scripture because it's one of my favorites. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Jesus Christ our Lord. I don't know about you, but that is one heck of a promise. Amen? As the worship team comes, I'm just going to say this. Nothing that any one of us can do in this room can ever change our past. Whatever has happened in your life so far, good or bad, it, it can't be altered. There's nothing that we can do about it. 
And no matter what your life has looked like so far, God wants you to know that if you choose today to walk the path with him, to set your feet with him, he promises that he will never leave you nor forsake you. His path promises a joy that is anchored in him. Can I tell you why? Because the waves are going to come. The winds are going to come. The storms are going to come. But what will not happen is that you will not be moved. As the worship team comes, I want to let you know fear is not our future. He is. Would you please stand? Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.